Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. Ooh, and we're back with another episode of the podcast. Um, we're coming Don't in... say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming in a little excited for this one, given all of the cool releases that we've had over the past week or two. Uh, in particular, watching the live stream that GW put out, telling us, well, the thing that we all already knew was coming that age of sigmar is getting a third edition likely at the end of this summer and uh that has had our brains spinning for well days 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 Weeks yeah even. days Weeks um even. and time uh, is a <laughs> what is time during a quarantine this has been the longest one day i've ever had um but we thought, before they give us too many details, there might be an opportunity here for us to get in and uh, do some, what would you call it? Um, baseless speculation. <laughs> yeah, baseless speculation. Um, maybe some wish listing without any inside sources. None. I get, I'm going to give this episode a disclaimer, like we did the, the six factions we want to see. We don't know anybody in, in James' workshop. We have no sort of uh, goblins hiding under tables feeding us information. Hobgoblins, if you will. Yeah, no hobgoblins feeding us information. Uh, unlike Wargamer Rob, we do not have uh, all the cafes around their town bugged to try to listen for news, allegedly. Um, you know, we are purely throwing this stuff off the cuff. And uh, hey, maybe we'll get some of what we want. We're just two dudes living in Kentucky eating chicken tenders and going, man, wouldn't it be neat if it's <laughs> this is the entire episode? Yeah, please don't ascribe us any more responsibility than what is appropriate for that level of journalism. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even call it journalism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first, as always, we got to talk about uh, hobby time and games played. John, what you been up to? Well, I started working on a paint scheme for uh, New Space Marines. Uh, yeah. Space Marine chapter that I am writing the lore for. Uh, and I started painting them. So I, I've come up with a paint scheme. I'll put pictures up somewhere once I've got a little bit more work done. And I uh, started working on a Judicar. Mm-hmm. And I put together all of the Indominus box. Nice. Hot damn. And I've rebased a bunch of Skaven. Jesus. Including a Screaming Bell, Rat Ogres, I converted up a couple of weapons teams into, like, Acolytes, like the old Isle of Blood weapons teams into Acolytes. Yeah. The guys with the little glass orbs? Yeah, and, like, they used to be a a poisoned wind water cannon thing, and now it's just, now it's just Acolytes, so. Okay. So I've done some, some work. I need to do more work. I mean, that's awesome, though. I feel like for a few weeks, it was like, yeah, I haven't really done anything. And now, all of a sudden, yeah, I did it all. Jesus. Well, I'm like a, I'm from Florida, so I'm, I'm like a gator. I don't do anything for weeks. I just sit and lay in the water or on a rock and just be like, ah. And then someone gets, like, really excited about something. And, like, if you get too close to a gator, it just explodes in violence. I explode in a hobby. And then I'll go back to sitting on a rock for, like, a week. I'm just like, ah. Then John, I don't know by. if that's the, the best way to exist as a human. It's a good thing I'm not a human being then. (laughs) It always, but physically, I am an alligator. (laughs) 
John, we all know you are three trench coat. You are three raccoons in a trench coat. I'm three uh, trench coats inside of a raccoon. Yes, actually, <laughs> that was a Freudian slip that works out perfect. I'm keeping that. Um, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad you got so much done so quickly. Um, just absolutely knocking it out. And uh, you know, with all the Skaven based, we're getting ready for Rumble in the Jungle. It's coming. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm. I need to just finish them. I need to just finish the basing all the Skaven, and then I can just hurry up and paint all of them. I've proven that I can paint, like, 40 Skaven in no time. Uh-huh. And I have, like, 90 Skaven to paint, like, 90 clan rats. And so I just need to get them all based, primed, and then just sit down in one afternoon and just watch a movie while doing this. And just knock it out. Yeah. yeah, that's how I feel about goblins. I just have to like commit to sit down and be like, all right, you're going to throw eight hours of your life away. Let's go. Um, and then just kind of diving in. Pick an old sci-fi show and just watch that while doing it. Because they're the perfect, like they're the perfect thing to, to paint to, like television-wise. Because you can miss stuff all the time. And you can still understand what's going on when you come back to it pretty easily. Yeah. And, or uh, you can watch, like, Garbage TV. Highly recommend Garbage TV for painting. Oh, uh, chopped. Watch Chopped Champions. Everybody's got their own flavor of Garbage TV. For me, it is those stupid shows where they're following border protection agents at airports. Speci- not for, like, catching drug lords, but for, like, stopping food coming into the country. I love those shows. That's my favorite background stuff. I 100% thought you were going to be like, yeah, every time I want to paint stuff, I put on Pawn Stars. <laughs> no. God, no. I can't do Pawn Stars. But I can watch a woman try to bring like eight suitcases of pork into the country while eating Cheetos and I'm screaming, you know you can't do that! Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Pro painting tip. Watch uh, Border Protection Agents. That'll they'll help you. <laughs> For me, I have also been uh, fairly productive in hobby. I've been working on Sky Dwarves, and uh, I actually have done quite a bit of Sky Dwarves. I, um, I built an entire Start Collecting box with the help of my wife. I went out and I bought one of those uh, Broken Realms boxes. I found one at a store on discount that had uh, an Indran Master with dirigible suit and like six... No, more than that. And like a bunch of Indran riggers. No, it was six injured riggers. Got that. Built those up. Got them ready. Um, primed all of those dudes. I got them all based in um, metal colors. And then I came in and I got all their silver done. And I just have to... The only thing left to silver up is the balloon of the gun hauler. And then once that's done, I'll uh, go in and pick out a couple of details. Probably touch up a few mistakes where I like overbrushed a little. And um, glue them. And then probably wash them. I don't know how I'm going to wash them yet, but we'll see. Um, probably like some Dawn dish soap. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like pressure. Pressure washer. <laughs> I thought that would be great. Um, That'd be the dumbest little video. Just put a put a little dwarf on like a porch railing. Just pull out the pressure washer. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Dawn oil. Um yeah, I don't know how I'm going to wash them yet. I think I might use uh, those sort of, I don't know what they're, like oil washes or um, enamel washes where you could like pull the color back up with uh, like mineral spirits. I might try that on them. I think it might work well. Um, 
But yeah, I am excited to put these dwarves on the table. And I even played a game this week. Yay. I did. You um, played a game. <laughs> I did. I uh, I played with my wife on our dining room table. Um, You know, we were kind of like, obviously we locked in quarantine together for the entire time. And uh, she had, like had just started to get into Warhammer like right before quarantine hit. And uh, obviously she didn't play it for over a year and didn't engage with it for almost that whole time. And uh, she was like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm like really into the hobby. Like I haven't played it in so long. It's just hard to tell. So we played. We played Brokehammer on the kitchen table. And uh, she drug out her flesh eater quartz. I drug out my Sylvaneth. And um, we had a game. It was was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, She is a very aggressive player, much to her detriment. Uh, but I appreciate the chutzpah. It's like playing against John sometimes. Just like, yep, here's my biggest, baddest murder machine, and I chuck it into your front lines turn one. Oh no, it died. Well, that sucks. (laughs) I'll uh, I'll play uh, a bunch of games with with her, and we'll learn. We'll teach her the ways of how to play aggressive, and then in no time, she'll be kicking your ass at the kitchen table. It'll be great. Uh, well, I don't think it's going to be hard for you to, for you to teach her. Cause you are both never going to get past turn one. Someone's going to blow the other person off the table instantly. Love it. Uh, also fun fact, uh, found out some things, uh, that Durthu with his six damage per swing sword, uh, is enough to kill an entire unit of crypt flares by himself and also damage your marriage. So that's cool. I, I didn't see that effect on his war scroll. Uh, but it was there. It was there. <laughs> uh, I do believe the exact words were, all right, and uh, that is like 18 damage. She's like, you mean like 18, 18? Like, yeah, hon, 18, 18. And she takes the whole model, like her whole unit of crit flares off the table going, you some bitch. Like, what do you want from me? That's that the rules. Um, so if I'm divorced and homeless next week, we all know why. It's Durthu's fault. I mean, that turnaround on your marriage would be faster than the turnaround on the first to second Lumineth book. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I mean, you're not wrong. The tea's brewed strong, but it ain't brewed wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so... That was a time. Um, and so, like, now she is like, okay, yeah, I do like this game. It's just hard to like a thing when you haven't played it in a year. Well, that is more true than you know, my beloved. Uh, well done. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try to, like, A, try to get her playing again now that, like, quarantine is lo- is ending. Uh, a lot of us are vaccinated now. And uh, also try to, like, give her a new hobby project to just kind of, like, pick her up and throw her forward. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's been a time. And also, I'm hoping kind of third edition gets her a little excited with uh, new books and stuff coming out. Well, I'm hoping third edition comes out later in the year where there's a lot more like open stuff so that we can do like a big weekend fun time with a with ninth edition. Oh, that would be a time. Uh, mm. I'm betting it's going to come out in August. I Again, baseless speculation. But uh, I just I'm feeling August. I'm feeling August. Um I think that's when they're going to start releasing stuff. Of course, everything will not have a new co- a new battle tome right off the bat, which we'll talk about. Um, but I think we'll actually get the rule book come August. 
along with probably they'll reveal the box set in July and start taking pre-orders a little early, like they did with Indomitus. But I think that kind of transitions us perfectly into the topic for today. Um, you know, we were so excited that we thought we would maybe try to share it a little bit and get the community's thoughts, because I legitimately would love to know what everybody's thinking about third edition. Because I think we are in a different situation than many of the edition changes uh, have been in. And that is, people don't seem to hate second edition AOS. Like, that's, generally speaking, across the community, there is definitely some frictions regarding a couple of specific battle tomes. However, people seem to actually like the edition. So, I mean, I think there's multiple reasons for that. Namely, that most of the people who get mad when about 40k are a lot of the same people who would have left with Warhammer fantasy battles via yeah. aos yeah there could be something to that um but yeah a lot of people seem pretty happy with second uh and going into third that's interesting because like the transition in 40k from like seventh to eight uh a lot of people had a ton of gripes with seventh edition's core rules a lot of them so kind of going into that uh you know people were generally looking forward to something new because they didn't like what they had but in this case we like what we have so i'm interested to see if everybody is equally hyped for third but for me i could say that i am largely be because of what i hope this holds hence you know sort of today's episode and i think the first thing that's probably worth talking about is the setting and the lore because Boy, howdy, has Broken Realms, you know, as a series, given us some new changes, to put it in uh, the slightest. In particular, uh, Bellicor shook up a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he, he basically made a cage to put people in. Yeah, and um, I, for me, like, the first thing I want out of third edition is I want the, I, I like, right now, all of the order forces, like everything's looking grim for order. And I want it to stay that way. Uh, one of the things that I think we've kind of lost over time from like first to uh, sec first through second edition Age of Sigmar is um, it kind of looked like, you know, yeah, we have like cities everywhere and outposts everywhere and trading everywhere. Like people live throughout the realms. But kind of listening to what they're talking about and reading Bellacore, uh, I it looks like that is not the case. <laughs> it looks like the realms are mostly wild. And Order is hanging on by a thread. And I love that for a story. I love the idea that all of these races are on the back foot. And they are. it also kind of lends some credence to why some of these factions that normally wouldn't be allies are allying together. And yep. largely it's because, like, I don't like you elves who, like, come from the ocean and steal souls, but you're way better than that guy trying to get me to drink a can of pus. Like, uh, if those God, are the I options... God, I hate the way you said that. Like, that, that hurts me. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? No, no, you're not. Like, uh, <laughs> Like, them's the stakes, John. Them's are the stakes. This guy's got a polar pop from the Circle K full of puss. <laughs> yeah, I I want that to continue forward. I want everything to feel more dire. And I want them to level set our expectations with some of the stuff that happened in Bellicor. Not going to give any spoilers, but like 
the Stormcast Eternals even, like the poster boys of the setting, not looking too hot at the moment. Just not. Like they Yeah, they had to slim down to get into some new armor that lets them not get destroyed. <laughs> they put on their spanks, they got ready for the party, and they're crammed into the new suits. <laughs> <laughs> they're ready to give back out to the realms and mingle it up. <laughs> I just I really I really dig the idea of like a retrobeater just like <laughs> <laughs> or a liberator just be like oh i gotta squeeze into this new lightning strike armor how am i gonna do that it looks over it's spanks like he, he brings <laughs> it up on his legs <laughs> puts on a bunch of spanks like put on the armor and get into it and go yeah, all right i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately turn to lightning yeah, Does that mean his spanks become lightning? Does he have lightning spanks? I really hope so. No, so like, remember from the Thor movie with the immigrant song with like the lightning oh, yeah, coming yeah. down? I'm picturing that, but like immigrant song starts playing as the retributor turns over and looks at like the spanks. <laughs> and it keeps playing <laughs> as he puts on the spanks. Uh Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I didn't know that I wanted spanks in the new edition, but alas, add it to the list. Oh fuck. Um yeah, I I like I want all of that to stay. Like I don't want that to be hand-waved away. I want it to continue. Uh and I want it to continue to look dark cuz I think that's one of the things we like about Warhammer is that oftentimes the sort of the path to victory is obscured because there is just so many variables stacked against you. And I would love to see that keep being the case in like the setting as a whole. And every victory has a cost. Like, that's that was one of the problems with AOS, with, like, the Stormcast of Civil for a while. is like, okay, but what is the cost for them to, to win or lose a battle? It's not really losses, because they come back. Mm-hmm. It Was it land? They don't really have a lot of land. Like, a lot of this is them going out and trying to, to do things. If they fail, okay, well, they just failed. They can try again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something to that. Um, and I think with the events of Bellicor, there's chances for that to be the case. Yeah. Uh, also, a thing I really, really want, and I'll tell you what I want, really, really, really want, is more civil wars. Like, I, uh, I love it. Um, some of the things that happened to Broken Realms, this one is going to be a spoiler, kids, because I'm guessing you've all heard about it, is that there is civil wars going on in all of the Grand Alliances, except for, like, what? Destruction. <laughs> Which yeah. is wild. But, but they always have a civil war going on. That's kind of the, the unspoken rule. Yeah. Because they have micro civil wars. That's their so natural get, state. <laughs> yeah, so they don't get big civil wars. They're just they're always kind of fighting each other. I mean, what's that saying? Like, we had a punch up and then we were mates. <laughs> that that's yeah. destruction. Um but in this case, like they're all kind of together and the others are fighting each other. You know, in order you have Marathi who like stabbed a bunch of people in the back at once in her play for godhood and then surprising, murdered an entire city and surprising literally no one marathi was like i'm evil <laughs> i mean i gotta admit she is like the biggest mover and shaker in the game so i respect the the audacity of the you character respect the hustle i do but... like whatever she wants she's gonna get it uh it's just who's gonna die in the process and i you know now that has taken order and kind of pit them against themselves you have a uh, death with Nagash being laid low. A lot of the sort of like dukes and stuff across his land are rising up and trying to take more territory. Manfred is fighting Neferata, like trying to take her territory. Um, 
So that's all going to go into crap. And then chaos is, well, chaos. They're yeah. always fighting each other. Uh, they can't really help it. But alas, they fight each other. Well, yeah, all the fail four chaos gods fight each other. And then on top of that, they all hate the Skaven. And on top of that, the Bellacor and Archeon struggle. Like, there oh, is yeah. no cohesive chaos. Mostly because there's no cohesive force to actually have to fight against. Chaos is still kind of winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are winning on territory. Like, they just have, like, the most dudes. Um, but they are definitely not a united front. If they were, they would just win. Uh, but, you know, Bellacor trying to usurp, essentially, the king of chaos in the mortal realms, uh, that's that's significant, and I hope it continues. And I think these interfactional frictions create for a really interesting world to dig into and tell stories in. And I would love for it to keep going. Um, I've enjoyed it a lot here, but I just want it to be something that stays and becomes even more impactful as we move forward. I mean, it's, it's part of the reason why I'm interested in the new Stormcast. Not only are the new models like amazing. Oh, and, so pretty. And I'm really glad that GW has kept with the like tradition at this point of n- new Stormcast, like, uh, figurehead is a or like cover art model is a woman um but oh, I also, and she's so cool yeah and i want God. Like, i'm fascinated by her story like i am fascinated like we don't know a lot and that's i'm fascinated to find out like why does she have wings why like does actual she use this? angel wings not lightning wings actual angelic wings yeah like why is this art for her so striking like i want to know does this have like a bigger ramification? Because I think there's a one of my issues with AOS is that there's not a lot of new characters. A lot of them are characters from the old world, but she's a brand new character that they oh, can yeah. make into a very cool thing. And mm-hmm. I want to see what they can do with her. Agreed. And I mean, we already know that like currently her purpose is as like a beast killer, like a beast slayer, which and is that a... leads oh so cool. And that leads me to my final wish of this, like, wish list for the setting and the lore. I want monsters. I want giant monsters for every faction. I don't care what you're playing. I want you to get a giant monster, even if it doesn't make sense. I don't care if you're a Sky Dwarf and all you have are boats. You get a giant monster. Doesn't matter. I don't care if you're a Stormcast Eternal who's here to hunt monsters. Great, you have a monster as a pet that you chained up. You get a monster. I want every faction of the game to get giant monsters, and I want them to be good because I like giant critters. Give it to me. We're in the realm of Gur. Big, giant, stompy things everywhere. Just put one in every faction. I don't think that, everyone will get a big monster, but I think me everyone neither, will. neither, but I said ev- what I want, yeah, not ev- what will happen. Every I think everybody that it makes sense that we get a big monster will probably get a big monster. And then the ones that it don't, they get monster killers, a la this new Stormcast lady. Mm, a monster killer is cool, but it's not as cool as giant monster. Listen, give the Fire Slayers a, a giant magma monster. Give it to them. That would be sick. Also, I'm just saying, like, the, a missile that can kill Godzilla? No one stands that, but everyone stands Godzilla. Like, the, do I need to bring up Big Monkey? Everybody love Big Monkey. It's true. Okay. Big, big Monkey. Um, big Monkey. Like, I want giant monsters. Uh, and I would love it for all of the factions, but I just like, one, for those who don't have them, I want it to get them. Two, I want the ones that already exist and aren't very good. I want them to be good. And three, I want them to make an impact in the lore. Um, because, like, we're kind of going into this with the idea that life is an ascendancy and... Uh, in the realm of Gur in particular, 
things are about to be unleashed. And I want that to narratively mean giant monsters, maybe God Beast, is rampaging. And what do we do about it? Because that's an awful hard problem to solve with this level of technology. Uh, and, and I just think that would be awesome. The, the biggest thing I want from the setting, from the lore of AOS 3, is we are now far enough away from Warhammer Fantasy Battles that things have started to get weird. I mean, Soulbike Rave Lords is a great example. The actual new models for that are drastically different from Vampire Counts. So freaking odd, and I adore it. And it, yeah, it's great. I want to see them start making more characters that have named named characters that have models that are in the books as a release that are not tied to the old world. I know people want stuff like Goris, like Warhoof, or they want like these old characters that you can play on like Total Warhammer 2 or when Total Warhammer 3 comes out. But we need AOS-specific characters because there is Warhammer Old World coming out. And that's for the old world. <laughs> like, yep, that could be its own thing. Like, here, we can want better. Like, yeah. I think or the idea new. of just, like, porting characters from the old world over in the same way that they were is kind of like thinking too small. If you're going to do it, you have to do it what they did with, like, Sigvold, where he is way bigger now with, like, these demon horns and a whole bunch more power behind him. Um, and really, I just want new stuff. Yeah. That's wild. Wild. Absolutely wild. And uh, actually, that kind of transitions me into the mechanics, because the first thing on my wish list for, like, AOS 3 is coming. What do you want to see, mechanically speaking, and for the game? I want rules to get weird. Like, I want rules to get real weird. And um, I don't mean, like, I want to deal D3 mortal wounds with some flavor text. Nay, nay, nay. No, no, no. I want to get wild. Uh, for example, one of the things that they did that absolutely just tickles me pink. Um, Vampiric Babushka on her wolf has a magic spell that explains that, like, she can turn people to wolves at will. And also, in the fluff, it mentions that, like, the wolf she's riding may have been an old lover who spurned her, which, like, mint. Uh, but in the game, like, she could cast her spell. She deals damage to an enemy unit. And then however many models in that unit she kills spawns as a unit of dire wolves in combat with that enemy unit. Like... Yes! God, yes! I want that! I want that so much! Do not give me another re-rolling ones, so help me God. Do not. Do not give me six ways to re-roll ones in the book. I want weird, fluffy mechanics that are so odd from book to book. Um, they've done it a couple of times, and I just want them to take it up to 11 for everybody. Uh, it is just way more fun when we do it that way. Uh, I think... 40k has been kind of doing that well with like every book is just absolutely off the freaking charts and i would love to see that ported here that just sounds incredible and i think that it gets more people into the game yeah yeah it does it's not you know what rule in the book is not exciting i get to re-roll sixes for battle shock like no one cares about that no one is ever going to talk about that role it's not nearly, like, so awful that we're like, ha ha, like, it's no good. 
but it's also not nearly good enough that we talk about it, so it's just wasted text. It might as well have been Ipsum Lorem. It's it, a neat it, thing if you get it, but you're not going to go looking for it. I would even call it neat if I get it. It comes up so, like, it comes up so rarely, it is a thing I forget. It might as well not have been yep. there. I, I don't want any of that. I want to cut out all of that. I want nothing but fun. Um, and I trust them to do it. I think that would just be great. I want to see them take actual effort to fix mechanical problems with specific armies in AOS 3. There are just some armies that design-wise haven't functioned since the beginning of AOS 1, and I think they need to address them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you like, have in mind? Like, just throw out a couple. Sylvaneth, for one. Like, Sylvaneth <gasps> have never functioned mechanically the way that you expect them to. Dear God, yes. Like, even their old book, their new book, like, they were good at one point, but they didn't design-wise work the way that they were supposed to. It's always been clunky. They need to fix that. Um, Beast of Chaos, they have an identity, like, aesthetic, but they mm-hmm. do not have any sort of rules to back that up, like, flavor-wise or just strength-wise. Yeah, agreed. There's nothing nothing there. Um, and then you've got, like, Eidne the Deepkin, which have a great aesthetic, they've got a great ideology, they've got interesting rules, but the War Scrolls, and the book is so old, and even when the book originally came out, there was, like, the eels were so good, that only, only most people who play Eidne the Deepkin assume that if you're playing against them, you're going to be playing against, against a bunch of eels. Eels. Yeah, one dude on the like unicorn eel and then everybody else eels yeah that's fair i think that book heavily leans on a single war scroll and that's never healthy although i yeah. will say in broken realms like uh which one was it broken realms from wrathy they did overhaul the turtle and thralls there which i think is a great step forward but i want to see that codified into a battle tome i think like the the, the entire army just kind of needs a little bit of a lift and like shake up because I'll be honest, it, I, when, I, when I first started coming back to fantasy, and I was like, I'll try out AOS now, it's been a bit. I, the immediate thing I wanted to do was play Agent Deepkin, and then upon looking into the rules, like I bought the rulebook, read the rulebook, and was like, ah, oh, man, there's like one way to play these guys. And that's the yeah. only thing that stopped me. Like, I would have an Agent Deepkin army right now. Mm-hmm. Mostly as Octopus Man with a knife and a club, because it's rad. Ah, oh, so good. What a sad model. Poor Lotan. Um, so you're telling me they need to tighten up the book? Uh, so we're going to throw some spanks on Eidneth Deepkin. Got it. Um, yep. yep. We got to put some spanks on the turtle. Yep. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Compress that shell. Get you looking 10 years younger. Um, yeah, I can agree group. with that. And some of the books that are like really, 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 really good, we just got to bring them down. Just got to bring them down. Yeah, we gotta take uh, Lord Croak out behind the shed and break his kneecaps. Uh, I'm okay if we stomp him into nothing. Although, now he's getting that new model, I'm okay with him being this good. Just put him at 600 points. That's fine. That's fine. Um, we gotta do something. Uh, I mean, same they'll, they'll probably do like, the Bell- Bellicor thing with him. Like, that's... Yeah. And, like, Daughters of Cain and, like, uh, Seraphon. Same thing. Just absolutely beat the tar out of him. Just... Hit them with a club until they go to bed. Um, Daughters of Cain have always been strong, though. Like, from what nuts. I've understood, they've always had this problem of being too good all the time. 
And so, I'll be I'll be honest, I don't really really know how or why. Like I I've not a whole lot of interest in Daughters of Cain as a faction. Like I understand Marathi and the lore and stuff, but like mechanically, I'm just like I don't get it. Like, uh, well, I understand why they're so good mechanically. It's because they do everything well, and I I I do not say that often, but I I mean they're good at everything. Like you want you want movement? They're blazingly fast. Okay. How about magic? Do they do magic well? Oh, God, they do have magic. Oh, God. Okay, they're really good at magic. Uh, what about prayers? Oh, man, they got prayers too? Okay. Uh, they're good at both of them? All right. That's kind of weird. Uh, shooting. They got to be bad at shooting, right? They're like Iron Jaws, maybe, where they're like good at melee. No, all the, they shoot? Okay. Wow. Uh, all right. Uh, what about their melee dudes? Like, maybe they don't hit all that hard. Wow, that's a lot of damage. Okay, so they do hit super, super hard, but maybe they're like glass cannons. Like, maybe they can't take a punch back, so they, like, hit really hard, and then they die in droves like Beast Chaos. What? They have, like, a a four up, four up, five up? That's... Wow. Okay. Alrighty. So, so they hit hard. They take a punch hard. They're very fast. They're good at objectives because they come in high bodies units. And they're good at the magic phase. Okay. So, like, that's where a lot of that comes from. That there's just, like, very few situations that you could leverage against them. Um, because they play in all the phases. Whereas most armies have sort of like a weak link that they can't compete in that you can use to beat them. But I'm not an IDK. Well, not IDK. I'm not a dock player. So I can't say like the specific pieces. Yeah. Um, But I think like you could address some of those things to kind of bring the books together. What I don't want is all the new books to be equally good as all that stuff. Oh, Um, God, no. I don't want to do that. I think Soulblight Gravelords hit it really well. Like, coming in somewhere, like, in the middle. Maybe top middle. I think that's perfect. Keep shooting for that, and we'll just bring the other stuff down. Well, like, when you have army books like Seraphon, they're like, when there's great stuff in it, but not the entire book isn't necessarily the best. Like, there's ways to play Seraphon that is, like, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty middling, but, like, why would you when you can play big, angry, frogman, destroy an entire table, like, that's just what most people would gravitate towards, and I think mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. Like, the internal balance of the books need to be brought down and then keep them to a relatively same power level. There, This game will never be fully balanced. There will always be a best book and a worst yeah. book, but they need to be closer. Yeah, you're never going to catch that particular goose, but I think we could get close and maybe, like, pick a couple of tail feathers off of it. Um, I don't think that's too much to ask for. Uh, I also know in the community there's been some talk about, like, do we want to keep the double turn? And for me, I, I want to see a third edition. Double turn stays. Double turn doesn't go anywhere. Double turn's fun. I'm, like, let's keep it. Um, for me, what it does, it means when I go to play games, I play a little more conservatively in case my opponent gets the double turn. I have to, like, think about that. Whereas when I play 40k, you know the turn order. Every turn, you are going all out because you don't have to like consider maybe what would happen if they go next before me and then i have to hold some stuff back and maybe i can't get everything in line of sight for shooting um i think it just makes the game a little more interesting and it also allows games that like you were doomed to lose maybe through a double turn you have a chance to come back i don't think 40k is playable with a double turn i'll be completely honest (laughs) i just don't Uh, i it would be rough but i'm just saying 
those are the situations I feel when I play 40k. I'm like, all right, I'm going all in because I know you can't do anything about it. That's it. I win. Uh, whereas in Age of Sigmar, I, I can't recall a time that I ever have done that. I always have to be thinking about it a little in the back of my head. What happens if they get it? What does that mean I have to do? What does that mean I have to hold back? What does that mean I have to screen? Uh, I, I think it just makes AOS more interesting. And I, I want it to stay. I want to keep it. I don't want to go it anywhere. I think it works for AOS, for sure, and I think it should stay. I actually would go a step further where I think certain factions should be able to manipulate the turn, turn order more. Like, I think that... Uh, kind of like should... Archaon? Well, yes, but I think it should be, like, specific... Fa it's a very strong ability. It's a very powerful ability. It should be tied to factions that inherently kind of need, like, a lift up mechanically. Like... I'll use Beasts of Chaos as an example. Beasts of Chaos, like, within lore, are very cool, but they're not really going to do a whole lot against some of the other stuff they're fighting, like, lore-wise. Does not make sense. Their, their biggest benefits is that they're named high numbers, and they're fast, and they can kind of punch okay, but they yeah. die in droves. If They, they could, hit decently, but they're made of paper mache. Yeah, and if you can manipulate their movement and, like, maneuverability via double turn and like still be able to pump out then enough damage to really count as one turn maybe once a game you can choose to get a double turn but there's oh. a like negative side effect to it like that would be very powerful but i think it would be if balanced correctly a very fun mechanic to play around because you kind of like gotta fake your opponent out with your movements of like okay but when is he gonna do double turn I know it's coming. I need to be prepared for it. When is it going to happen? One of these goats coming screaming out of the forest. Yeah. All of a sudden, a, a, you know, a bulgore, like a doom bull, just runs out of, from the side of the table. You double turn. It moves up like 14 inches. It oh, just no! gives the, like, techless a noogie. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cute that you think a bulgore would kill techless. So hopeful. Yeah. Reality. I like that. Hang on to that. <laughs> <laughs> i hope you get to keep that um <laughs> and i think that also plays into my last thing i really want mechanically for um age of sigmar in third edition uh they talked they mentioned it in their little like uh designer commentary video uh how they want to increase interactivity between players and uh i want that as well and i really want what they said to be meaningful like, I think that would be a huge improvement for this game. Um, John and I have mentioned before that, like, this isn't the only tabletop game that we've played. Uh, you know, we played things like Malifaux or Dust or, uh, was it 1947? Yeah. Or maybe that was... Infinity. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, and the one of the best things about all of those rule sets is that they're sort of you feel like you are always engaged because there are one alternating activations and two, there are things that you could do on your opponent's turn multiple times during their turn. So like, even when like John is going, I'm still engaged because I'm doing stuff. Whereas I think Age of Sigmar has this problem, uh, where there are many factions uh, like matchups where I just don't even need to be at the table. Like, um, if I am playing Caradron Overlords, for example, and John has Zinch on the table and it hits the magic phase or sorry, the like hero phase, I might as well just go to the bathroom. 
like get a sandwich. Like, all right, bud, you just tell me what happens when, when you're done. I'll be back. And, uh, you know, go outside, get a drink, smoke a cigarette. Like you, you got time because there's really no point of you being at the table. If you have somebody who's not going to cheat, eh, I'll be back. And I would love for that to not be the case. I would love for me to have a reason to be like, hey, maybe I can't like interact with this phase normally, but maybe I can like use one of these abilities here. Maybe I can respond in some way uh, if I play correctly um, to where there is never a time where I feel the want to drift away from the table. I think like, that they need to add a mechanic into the Zinch book to where whenever the magic phase starts, you're required to give your opponent a sandwich. Uh, I think that's only fair. <laughs> Having played against Zinch multiple times and, and in both 40k and Age of Sigmar, um, their magic phase is so massive. Like, it, they should just be required to give you a sandwich. Like, uh, I think it should go further. I've played a, my buddy Bees plays Zinch, and when he starts his magic phase, he owes me a hotel room and steak dinner. And then once I eat and have a good night's rest, I could get up bright and early and come back at 7 a.m. And he might be done with his turn. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a time. Um, and I just, I would like for that to be the case in all of the phases, whether that be hero phase, movement phase, shooting phase, charge phase, uh, you know, combat phase. I feel like we already have it in the combat phase more than most of the others. Um, combat phase is, is well designed in both games for the most part. Yeah, I don't have I don't feel it as often in the combat phase because like there's a lot of reactions I can do and I'm picking turn order and we are then in alternating activations. Again, there's one of the keys. Uh, but in the other phases, that's not a that's not the case. Uh, and I would love for it to feel that way. Uh, so that's kind of the thing I would really love. Like the last thing I really want to see mechanically is I I really want the interaction to be increased. And I hope that's not just like market speak but i i don't think it is i think these designers really mean what they were saying in the commentary so i'm excited to see i hope i hope we get it um and then john and i were coming up with episode sort of like laying out the topics we wanted to make sure we hit there was a sort of like um there was this the stuff that we knew we wanted to talk about like the setting and the lore and then like oh mechanics like we definitely want to talk about mechanics that would be great uh, and then there were a bunch of things we started saying that didn't fit in either of those. And, uh, it's kind of like that drawer in your kitchen that is just filled with like an extension cable, some nails, a few thumbtacks, tape, uh, a monkey you know. paw. Yeah. Yeah. A Tesla gun, like the, the general stuff that you just don't have a place for in your household. So you shove it all in there with your dark God effigies. Um, this is that section. This is our junk drawer that we're just going to spout off some stuff we want. Maybe not as big enough to have all their own talk. John, first and foremost, what you got? I have two things, and you're going to listen to both of them. All right. Hit me with it. First thing, Skaven. I demand the Skaven get a new book. All right. Well, they're getting one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's going to happen. Um, We need plastic weapons teams. We need... Ayo. We need plastic characters. We need new characters, like named characters. Uh, we need plastic and new sculpts for Molder, and we need new units for Eshin, and we need them to come in plastic, and they need to be better. Than they John, that's are. like eight things you just said. 
that no that first first thing skaven that's like encompassing skaven <laughs> like that first thing that eight things yeah that's the first thing okay. like what you're seeing with orcs right now i want to see with skaven but more uh. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah a lot of their line is like fine cast and metal yeah that something's got to be done skaven are a very unique to warhammer race and like idea that are is very old and they deserve to get more attention. Yeah. They're like Vermintide showed that there's an interest. I think there'd be a lot more people who'd play Skaven if they would go and look at the range and go, oh, look, plastic clan rats. That's cool. Oh, look, screaming bell. That's neat. Oh, those red ogres look terrible. <laughs> oh, man, that rattling gun looks like crap. Like. <laughs> I will say that is what turned me off to Skaven. Like, I, I got some of their basic kits. I was like, oh, these are cool. And then I looked at everything else and went, oh, God. Yeah. No. And then to take that even even further, uh, Beasts. Beasts of Chaos. Beastmen. We are at Gur. Gur is the main focus of AOS 3. Big monster. I want a giant goat man. Give me giant yes. goat man. Yes. Uh, but also that range needs new kits. Like you have oh, like yeah. three kits that are plastic. The rest are, and they all come in the start collecting box. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's why they're in the box. They need new heroes. Like they need new named heroes and they need new plastic versions of heroes. They need new plastic bulgores. They they just need new stuff in that range. The problem with Beast of Chaos is not just that the rules are crappy; uh, it's also that the range is crappy. It is one of the, it's like the Eldar situation. People aren't yeah. playing this faction, and not because they don't like it aesthetically. It's because they look at the book and like that's neat, but then they look at the models and go, "I don't want to spend that money on that yeah. model." And so, if the option is that or convert new stuff, a lot of people don't feel confident to convert stuff until they've been doing the game for a long time. Even then. Like, Beasts of Chaos requires a lot of models. You don't want to have to, like, custom convert 200 models, y'all. That sounds tired. I'm tired just hearing that. Dear Lord. And so, like, Beasts of Chaos just need a lot of attention. And I think that it makes sense for Gur. I think it makes sense more than almost any other Chaos faction. um, For them to kind of be the Chaos faction for a bit. They deserve it. Like everyone else has kind of gotten their like time in the sun. Give it to the goat dudes, like the goat men. Give them. Give them that time in the sun to really stink up their fur, like their horns all shiny. Also, so maybe they'll be able to. Maybe maybe a unit of ten Bestigord will do more than kill two, three goblins. That'd be great. Uh, no, I want them to kill two goblins and then get shanked again, because that was the greatest goblin moment I've ever had. Uh, I don't want that to change. But no, I think <laughs> <laughs> their line, dear God, it needs help. I mean, I do think that is actually why they chose those units for start, the start collecting box, because if someone bought a start collecting box for $90 and dumped it out and it was a bunch of metal, they'd be mad as hell. So oh, yeah. angry. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Um, that line just needs work. It's still strange to me that they don't have a Beast Lord 
like a plastic beast lord for the no. script collecting box. It is a break shaman. Yep. Nothing nowhere. It's so weird. Um, and also, we're in the realm of beasts. This, like, for this time out, like, come on. This is a home run. Just do the thing. Yeah, this, you're playing t-ball now. Like, you're not even, like, it's fine. It's set up for you. Just do it. Just hit the ball. I, yeah, I'm not even pitching at you lightly. We have set it on a stand. Just hit it out of the park, GW, for the love of God. We're in the realm of beasts. Give us Beast of Chaos. I think that'd be sweet. Um, for me, uh, one of the things I really want to see is I want Battle Tomes faster. Like, and now I know this one is... Hard to say in the world that we live in, in, you know, COVID. But I'm hoping that in a, as the months go on, some of these restrictions and some of the shipping issues start to go away. And if that happens, I want to see Battle Tomes faster. Um, we end up in this weird spot when a new edition drops that everybody's like, yeah, hype for a new edition. But only two armies have books. And everybody else is in a rough spot. Well, that kind of stinks. And then we sit in that sort of state for quite a while. And you're stuck on this treadmill, just like, all right, I'm not really going to play, I guess, until I have my new book. Does my army getting my new book yet? No, okay. How about now? No, okay. And like, How it's about not, now? No, okay. It's not so bad um, with something like Lizardmen or Lumineth Realm Lords or like Daughters of Cain who have like good books that will reasonably be able to play in the new edition against the new books that come out. But when you have something like, I don't know, Beast of Chaos, Sylvaneth, like you're already not really able to play in this edition. And then the new edition takes away most of the stuff that you needed to play. Like, what are you going to play? You're going to have a bad time. Just not going to play them. You're going to have a really bad time for some armies. Um, and, the only way to fix that quickly, other than like to go digital and then release them at an insane rate, is to just put out these books on a more accelerated timetable. Um, and I would love to see that. I would love to, instead of putting out like on average one book a month, to up that to like one and a half, two books a month. I think that would just be incredible. And it would help us get out of the slump much more quickly. If we're doing massive wish listing, I wish the GW as a whole would switch away from their, their idea of selling army books um, for both games. And just whenever mm -hmm. they release a new edition, make it a massive deal, like a month-long thing, or like a month-long ordeal, where they release all the rules for every faction, every, like the new stuff, just updated everything for all the armies everything at once done like because you know they're producing it beforehand have it done and then in order to still keep that cycle of making money then have that impetus be narrative books that add more supplementary rules via splat books essentially that also come with new models that come out that those will be in those secondary books yeah you're not going to get those like you're going to have situations where you might need to go buy the new supplementary book to play with a new model that comes out. But I think that in the age of technology, we could just take all the core rules for the game and make them part of a subscription service or free or whatever to get people in the door. Like, mm -hmm. cause it's proven this hobby is not something someone goes out. Sorry. Um, buys 20, I don't know, like space Marines and goes, I'm done. 
like everybody who starts playing this hobby buys like if they decide they actually want to stick with it and they like it they don't stop they're still buying stuff years later um mm-hmm. yeah. not like m- maybe not as regularly but they are they want to play yep. with the toys but they, everybody likes the plastic especially with covid where like a lot of people didn't get to play with their toys for a year and a lot of people like all you sisters of battle like their book right not a lot of people got to play with their book like realistically if you started sisters of battle like a year ago you maybe got to play a couple of games and then like oh no new books coming out yeah you got to play a couple of games lockdown hit and now new book or lumineth which literally had both books release in lockdown like it that feels bad it feels bad to even play that army because you're just like i i have spent like lumineth has gotten two rule books faster than beasts of chaos has gotten a modern release <laughs> um but like that that is a problem it's a thing that they should address and I think the game would be better for it, not just balance-wise, but overall. Like, I don't know anybody that would go, man, I saved 50 bucks on this uh, battle tome I didn't need to buy. Man, that's great. I'm done buying stuff. Like, if you tell me I can start a new army, don't need to buy the battle tome, I will just buy two-star collecting boxes. <laughs> like, I'll spend more money. <laughs> oh, that's because dangerous. Because I, I don't need to buy all, like, like the book and everything else. I think there should be an option for the book, like maybe a lore book, like an art book, that's, like, higher quality. It's like a novelty item for collecting, which mm-hmm. half the hobby's collecting. People will still buy that, but, yeah. I think people buy more plastic if they don't need to buy book. I would agree with that. Um, I wasn't going to wish this that far, but I do think an electronic database sort of deal would be pretty great. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then my last junk drawer request. I'm going to follow up on the Lord and Savior Vince Ventrilla of Hobby Cheating. GW, please, please delete the trees from Silver Death. Pretty please. Pretty, pretty, please. I w- when we get our new book in either what, like two months or f- 18 months, um, I would I would really appreciate it if you would just take all these Silver Death Wildwood rules and throw them in the trash and start over. Uh, that'd be much helpful. I would like to be able to, to play with my faction ability in action. Um, it was a thing that was kind of in my head this week because I played Sylvaneth when I played against my wife. Um, and we set up our like brocamer table and we set up the objectives. And uh, then we realized that there was no way, there was no place on the table for me to legally put a Sylvaneth Wildwood. Just couldn't, not even one, not one. So like half of my rules just couldn't happen. And, uh, that feels bad, and I would love to see that changed. That would be cool. Not a big one. I don't think they have. The, I don't know if they have the guts to do it, um, but I really hope they do. I think that it's a simple solution, and it is remove the wildwoods as a rule, and like give the option to summon a wood so that the model still has a use, and that people would want to do but have that when you deploy on the table, 
you the part of Sylvaneth approaching a battlefield is you pick a set number of terrain pieces that are now overgrown. Yeah, I think uh, Vince Vitrello put that forward quite a while ago, and I love the idea that like you all right, yep. you set down one wildwood on the table pre-game, or maybe if you do not wish to set down a wildwood, you choose a terrain piece to be overgrown. Yes. Have and the then, option to do something other than putting down the, the trees. Yeah, exactly. And then as the game goes on, anytime you would summon a wildwood, you can do so or select a terrain piece to become overgrown and treat it as a wildwood for all the cases of blah, 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 blah. Um, and people also, will still want the trees because the, it's preferable to put the tree exactly where you want it. But, mm-hmm. you're but not if you're at a, like a, ta- a beautiful table with a bunch of gorgeous terrain on the table and you have no room to put down a set of trees, no biggie. Just pick something else. Um, I think that would be mint. Absolutely mint. Um, I'd be on board. Or or pick one of like the big uh, tree ints and make them count as a wildwood as they walk around the table. Oh, I think that's what the new Sylvaneth model does. Maybe I hope so because I think that would be very cool. I think he, he I think he is a walking aura of tr- of I'm a wildwood? tree. Yeah, of wildwood wildwood aura. Ooh, that would be good. I don't know. We'll see. But that was that's kind of the thing that I wanted. And I wanted to put it last because it's at the bottom of the totem bowl because it's faction specific. But like, I would love that. I think that would be cool. You're better than I am. I demand that the things I like be better, GW. I demand <laughs> it. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be very careful because I do not want Sylvanas to be more powerful necessarily. Like, I'm okay with playing an army that is not super mechanically punchy. That's cool. I'm cool to. I'm very happy to inhabit the middle, or e- maybe even be lower than the middle. But ah, it grinds my gears when I literally cannot use half of my rules on a beautiful table. That's frustrating. Um, so I would like to see that changed. But otherwise, I mean, I'm really hopeful for third edition. Uh, I think that they've set the stage really nicely. I'm interested to see these hobgoblins uh, sort of revealed and I, you know, see what their niche is compared to like the current gloom spike gets. Um, and I can't wait to see sort of whatever lore they're going to drop for us when they show more off. Um, and in the meantime, I would love to hear what you guys are feeling about third edition. Are you excited for it? Are you a little nervous? If you're excited, what are you excited about? If you're nervous, what are you nervous for? I would love to hear it because, I mean, we are just two guys in separate rooms talking into the void. So anytime we can kind of temper our viewpoints with other people's, it's always a good thing. Um, and if you want to, you know, sort of share those thoughts with us, you can drop them in YouTube comments down below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're on Anchor or listening to us on any of the numerous places that people get podcasts. You can reach out to us on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, or as mentioned before, YouTube. Uh, we're always open. Read all the comments, messages, and stuff, and we get back to you. And uh, until then, I guess we'll be over here writing eight more jokes for Spanx for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one one thing to add. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please go give us a review. That's one of the best places for us, like for growth for us is uh, if we can get yeah, some true. reviews on apple podcast it's the biggest thing yep and i won't say like give us a good review or whatever like give us an honest review that's all we're asking for you know if, if it's not five stars hey that's feedback we'll take it love to have it yeah uh if you want to bully us on social media come bully us that's cool like it's fine you, you tell me i'm i'm dumb 
It's cool. That's cool. We went to high school. It'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, it's fine. I used to play and Call of Duty. it gets us engagement. Yeah, I played Call of Duty when I was like 14. It was great. Like, <laughs> I get it. Everybody banged my mom. <laughs> Is that why she bought Spanx? Anyway, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. <laughs> we'll God. see y'all next time. Slipped another Spank joke at the end. <laughs>